the light treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today, oh boy, what a treat, by an actual person. Uh, last week when I said, what a treat, it was just me. <laughs> so um, That is a treat. It is a treat. Thank you so much. But uh-huh. I actually have someone else here today. It's Aaron. Yay, that's me. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I am well. How are you? I'm good. I wanted to get to some pop culture recommendations, Ooh. which is what we always do yeah. in the first third of the show. Um, but before that, I have something to plug, which has Ooh, to do what? with pop culture. Wow. Look at you the doing stuff. The wonderful Sally Tamarican and I recorded a bonus episode where we talk a lot about Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. Some people might say too much about Game <laughs> of Thrones. I disagree. But that's over at my Patreon for... I think I said it for all of my supporters. Ooh, nice. So there even you if you're a dollar a month supporter, you can go listen to that over there. What a deal. Warning, lots of spoilers for the <laughs> series and for this season. I can I, I understand the need for that, but also if you're listening to a bonus episode of a podcast mm-hmm. that's specifically about a television show you should just assume there's spoilers oh you would think that eric <laughs> why, why wouldn't there be spoilers you, it's would about- think, you would think that people would know that that's like listening to like uh, like a game of thrones recap podcast and being like hey spoilers it's like that's our job that's yeah. what we do <laughs> oh you would think that people would know that but um <laughs> I don't know. Some people just, I don't know. My, yeah. my, my mom texted me last night. She was like, have you been watching Game of Thrones? And I was like, no. She was like, I just found out about it. Just like, found what? out about it? Like well, I think concept? she knew that it was re- like oh, it was okay. a show, but like she had never watched it. I was going to say, that is impressive. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, su- I'm assuming she's, you know, had heard of it, you know. I, I think it'd be impossible to go through life and not know that it was a show. Speaking of moms, first of all, happy Mother's Day to happy Mother's Day. all the mothers out there yes. who listen to the show. Um, those are the only type of women who matter, <laughs> as we know. Uh-huh. Um, I'm an empty husk. Right. Um, that's how Eric greets me whenever yeah. he goes, mm-hmm. hey, empty husk. Yeah. And I go, uh, so happy Mother's Day. And I was talking to my mom and it is supposed to be very shitty weather tomorrow here in New York City. And we mm. had this whole plan to go to the Botanic Gardens. Yeah, and yeah. So instead of doing that, my mom, who knows me so well, mm-hmm. instead of saying or asking, have you seen Endgame? Of course. She asked me. Well, she goes, I know you've seen it, so how many times have you seen it? And before she could finish the question, I went, I'll see it again. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. see it again. There you go. So I'm going to see Endgame. Nice. There you go. <laughs> tomorrow. That's a good, that's a good day. That's uh, a good Mother's Day. It's a day. good day, especially because it's going to be raining Shrek. cold. Yeah. Um, so uh, pop culture stuff. Did you see the SNL with Adam Sandler? I, I did not watch the whole episode. I saw his monologue. His song about Chris Farley. Okay. And then like a couple of the sketches. I did was not prepared. When I sat down to watch Adam Sandler host SNL, at no point did I ask myself, am I going to cry mm-hmm. uncontrollably <laughs> for a while? Yeah. <laughs> his song's so good about Chris Farley. It's in his, I believe it's the same song that's in his new special. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And have not seen the special. Well, I like, I, I started watching the special and I didn't get to finish it because I got interrupted, but... I started watching it because a lot of comedian, like a lot of like very like 
cool modern like progressive comedians i like respect mm-hmm. a lot like i would like i heard like them several different people on like different podcasts being like uh it's actually very good yeah and adam sandler's this weird example of someone who was like on the cusp of very broy humor mm-hmm. and something deeper yeah and i was listening to someone I was listening to a podcast where they were like, it was like a deep dive mm-hmm. into Adam Sandler films and yeah. how he had that weird, not weird, cool stint on like the indie film scene with like Punch Drunk Love. And like, Spanglish. they were basically like, who is Adam Sandler? Yeah, he tried to do like serious movies for a little while and they were yes. good. He's like, he's a good, good actor. Ing- yeah. I, I, he made me cry in Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. I think he's very, very talented. He did a couple of truly terrible movies like like the he, cobbler <laughs> he's really responsible for some of the worst comedies ever made uh-huh, some uh-huh. of the best comedies ever made and some of the worst drama and some of the best drama he reminds me kind of like uh he i always put him in this class of people like he reminds me very much of like there's like uh, the way i like categories to categorize things in my brain is like he reminds me of like a will ferrell uh yeah, Will Ferrell or like the Jackass guys, and that like he did something, and then like a thousand people tried to copy him terribly. Yeah, and but also he was so often and bad, then he, and, and then he got bad, and at not it. just bad like oh you made a bad comedy, but that's harmless. Like racist, yeah. xenophobic. I think I think what happened too homophobic. is homophobic. Like, he he fell into that trap of like he made like you know like a lot of great like artists is like. He, at the beginning of his career, made a lot of really cool stuff because mm-hmm. it was totally original. He was doing, you know, they were doing all this stuff for the first time. And then it was sort of like, oh, I guess this is my brand now and I have to keep churning it out over and over and over again. Yeah. And it just gets, and then it just degenerates and it gets worse and worse and worse. And yeah, he gets like doing re- weird racist stuff and, and, you know, really like bad humor. And I think he finally just like, I don't know if he snapped out of it or he's just getting old. And I think he's like, getting old. No, no, yeah. I really do. I think that he's reflective now and guys calm. I, a man has to turn 50 before he even calms down a little bit, <laughs> you know, and I, they start to consider their own mortality uh-huh. and start reading a lot of books about war. Yep. And World War II. Suddenly they're fascinated <laughs> by World War yeah. II. Uh, so that he's going through that. Uh-huh. And I'm going to through me, that and I'm 30. Yeah. yeah but you, you know, you're ahead of the curve. <laughs> Uh, for me, it was like Adam Sandler at his best watching him play the Chris yes. Farley song because uh-huh. it was like very vulnerable, yeah. very sweet and genuine. Yeah. You could just tell like he loved Chris so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also the part about his dad uh-huh. and like him crying, like yeah. thinking about it. Oh, it was it was so good. And it was, <laughs> you know, unexpected because it was SNL. So I was like, yeah, I uh, really Adam Sandler did the. It complete exact opposite of what uh nick DiPaolo has done <laughs> oh my <laughs> god okay guys i wasn't I, gonna talk I, about I, it so i have to say this just because everyone knows i have a, a very uh uh s- some would say sick morbid curiosity about the world i would uh i watched the nick DiPaolo special okay so yeah i mean can you tell us anything that like we wouldn't already glean from it being a nick DiPaolo album which is like i'm assuming no it's exactly what you think it yeah, is okay. it's a, the 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 cover you know that he put on on thing of okay him, like, so yeah <laughs> let's talk about this so nick DiPaolo can't sell this special anywhere no. nobody wants it <laughs> no. because in addition to being very uh hateful he is just such a throwback to a brand of comedy that 
very few people are into anymore. Yeah, I mean, somebody pointed out that he is like a... If you don't... Somebody pointed out, like, uh, I was uh, some comedians on Twitter were posting about, like, he is a, like, talented performer. If you're not, like... if you, you mean, like, crowd work and stuff? Like, if you don't actually consider the content of what he's saying, yeah. he's engaging. Because he, he's been doing it for 87 yeah, years. Yeah, he gets crowds riled up. You know, when when he was, like, at his peak, it was in, like, the heyday of, like tough crowd on comedy central opie and anthony like those like shock jock radio shows Mm -hmm. like he was like the guy right for all of that you know he that's really really when he peaked and he just that was 20 years ago yeah and he just hasn't stopped i truly don't think i've seen nick DePaulo on anything since tough crowd right yeah he's not on stuff he's been doing comedy still he has a podcast now of Of course course he does yeah you know because that's what all radio guys do now they all have podcasts uh so he put he self-publishes this album for free on youtube Uh so it's already as sad as we can get Uh right yeah then he did he have someone make the art, or did Nick DiPaolo do that art? I don't believe Nick DiPaolo knows how to use a computer. Nor do I. So, so I, he had so, someone, like, yeah. basically he went to someone and was like, uh, I have a new hot special where I'm taking on social justice warriors, mm-hmm. and I want a banner, I want art that reflects me bringing it to this mm-hmm. PC snowflake culture. Yeah. So the artist, if you if we can call them that, his friend, uh, his buddy, the, the, who has the a guy mu- with Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> this random dude who has Photoshop uh, puts together like a collage of activists who uh-huh. symbolize these like snowflakes that Nick DiPaolo's taken on, <laughs> and one of the activists they use. Uh, from the Black Lives Matter uh-huh. movement is an activist who was murdered yep. by police. <laughs> That's right. Famously, all you'd have to do is Google his name and it's the first <laughs> fucking thing that comes up, you fucking idiot. So Nick no, DiPaolo... These guys just went to like Google image search and they're probably like typed in like uh, uh, activist or <laughs> uh, riot or, you know, yeah. just like typed in what, you know, just picked the first pictures they could find. And I guess... Can we say to his credit, this is pointed out to Nick DiPaolo and he apologizes. I, it's to his credit, but it's also the funniest thing to me when like a shock jock's like, I don't fucking care what anybody thinks. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And somebody's like, hey, this is wildly offensive. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to fix it. See, I'm, but I, I prefer that. No, it's good. It's because just, his like a bunch of his pathetic little fanboys were like, no, never apologize to the liberals. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's, and like, I, I don't know. Like he was like, fuck, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. It's good that he apologized. Yeah. It's just funny to me. It's totally it's, funny. It's, and it's funny it, to it's see It's revealing to show that like they're not the hard asses they exactly. claim to be. But, but it also, is good. It I, is good that they apologize. I feel like we should encourage that yes. Yes, yes, whenever yes. they do show a slice of humanity yeah. to be like, that was nice, Nick, that you apologized. Yeah, yeah it that's, is good. That's good that you took his photo down. It, yeah. But also kept all the other photos of activists uh-huh. who like truly making fun of the me too movement like right, a woman right, right. being like i was raped and mm-hmm. i want to share my story and you being yeah. like yeah i'm bringing it to her it's yeah like, yeah yeah what his <laughs> yeah his special is like i watch it just because like again i have a brain disease uh and it uh it is just it's it's like if you were gonna do like a sketch mm-hmm. about nick DiPaolo. <laughs> and you're like, I bet this is what his comedy sounds like. That's what his special yeah, is. I mean, I it is like Mad Libs. Like it's this. It's it's like perfect 
stand-up comedic delivery, you yeah. know? He's got it down to a science of how to do comedy because that's all he can do. And, like, but it's just, like, Mad Libs. He's just, like, throwing in every, like, race and, you know, and, and gender and, like, you know, minority that you can think of and making fun. I mean, it is just... Being it's, a truth teller. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's just, as, it's it's absolutely, like, as bad as you think it could be. And You know, like, watching Nick DiPaolo go with me on this. Watching Nick DiPaolo, I have the same experience as watching Joe Biden run for president. <laughs> which is, like, it's so interesting to watch these old men, old white cis men, try to exist in a culture that is so radically changed and uh-huh. they have not changed at all uh-huh. and they're looking at everyone else yeah like you're crazy and uh-huh. they can't see that it's just like no dude you just didn't evolve along mm-hmm. with everybody else yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're shocked by how much the culture has changed yeah it's very interesting yeah it is it's wild it's a wild ride yeah. i mean i would recommend i mean you know it's yeah it's his special is a wild ride. Uh, don't watch it. Don't be like Eric. <laughs> don't add to those counts. Um, so going back to SNL, I do have to recommend, as always, the great Anna Dresden. Uh, did you mm. see her sketch, The Italian Travel Agency? No. Go home. Oh, no. Go home okay. after this, yeah. Eric. Google it. <laughs> Go on your little computer. Uh-huh. Google Anna Dresden. Italy Travel <laughs> Agency, <laughs> SNL, and she's just so good. Oh, no. She's so good. I can't wait to see it. It's very, very funny. So, Is anybody doing the hands? <laughs> no, it's not what you think. Okay. okay it's not what great. you think. It's not making fun of, like, Italians. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, <laughs> so, other recommendations. I'm just going to say it, and y'all can go fuck yourselves. Uh-oh. New Vampire Weekend's good. Mm. It's good. I like it. Mm. Maybe the worst cover art of all time. Is it the one with the frog? No. So they came up with a single that was like there was like a little frog in front of a white background, right? I'll it's share. It's bad. Um, Vampire Weekend's bad. <laughs> that's it. Oh, okay. It's just the Earth. <laughs> that was like Kanye's Twitter avatar for a while. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's and just that like cartoon around earth. the earth. It says "Father of the Bride." Oh God, it's not. It's very bad. It's art. bad. Uh, I like it. It's a really good summer album. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you want Vampire Weekend to be, which is a bunch of Ivy League dudes who are like, "Hey, has anything happened in the world in the past ten years? We don't know. Here's uh-huh. some cool yeah. little bops <laughs> for you." Yeah. Like somebody, I was listening to someone criticizing Vampire Weekend, where they're like, "They're just so apolitical," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Good. Uh-huh. I don't want Ezra to weigh in on Pollock. Can you fucking imagine how atrocious that would be? Yeah, I don't. I don't need my musicians to be political. No, but also like they're just like Vampire Weekend seems to exist in a vacuum, and I'm like, yes, that's what makes them good in my opinion. Uh-huh. Where it's like, it's just you know a harmless summer bops, and like yeah. that's what I want them to be. Mm-hmm. That's why they're they're you know festival musicians. Right, right, right. Um, I, I, I challenge you to not have a good time <laughs> listening to Vampire <laughs> Weekend. It's so good. So I also, oh, some other recommendations for trailers that have come out. Mm-hmm. The new It trailer is uh, looks great. terrifying. Uh-huh. Did you see it? Yeah. No thank you to that old woman. Wow. No. No thank you. New Spider-Man trailer with Zaddy Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm into it in a profound way. Wow, I did not see that. I didn't know there was another Spider-Man coming out. Yeah, he's a uh, he's Mysterio, mm. who is a vi- maybe one of the most beloved villains of all time. Mm-hmm. 
and it looks like they're doing something very interesting with him. Uh, where nice. he he's uh, his whole thing is he's a master of illusions, um, but he's like a liar too. Uh-huh. So he's having some very interesting conversations with Spider-Man or Peter in the beginning of the trailer where it was like, I I don't know what's happening here. I don't know what's true and what's not true. Yeah. He's claiming there's a multiverse, but is there a multiverse? Mm. It's very, very interesting. Nice. So go watch that if you're a fan of the franchise or you just think Jake Gyllenhaal's hot. He hey. looks great as Mysterio. Yeah. That costume, yes, I <laughs> love it. Uh, an anti-rack. Ooh, my fave. Um, there's a Ted Bundy movie. Oh, really? Everybody, On I've Netflix. heard universal praise for this movie. They're wrong. <laughs> Every single person who says it's good is wrong. Is the Zac Efron one? I will say Zac Efron does a good job. Uh-huh. I think he's good as Ted Bundy. Uh-huh. Way too buff. Okay. It looks like he just got off the set of what was that dumb beach movie he did with oh, Channing Tatum? Baywatch. It was Baywatch. Yeah. When they remade Baywatch. Uh, it looks like he got off the set of that and they put a dumb wig on him and they were like, you're Ted Bundy now. <laughs> he is fucking ripped, which I don't like because it it plays way too much into the Ted Bundy was so fucking smoking hot. Yeah, which yeah. again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. He was a six at the highest. <laughs> at the highest, he was not that good looking. Right. If you compare him to other serial killers, sure. it's like, yeah, I guess they're not an attractive bunch. Right, right. BTK, yeah, he's hotter than BTK, I guess. <laughs> Uh, although people would probably describe, I'm sure there's like <laughs> hardcore BTK groupies yeah. out there who are like, oh, he was hot. Yeah. Uh, Choke me. So, never say that again. <laughs> so, uh, he's good. It's not his fault. The writing. Oh, really? Oh, my God. And Lily Collins, bless her, she's doing her best, but it, it's not good. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the only, honestly, the only negative review I heard of it was that. Some people were upset that it wasn't just like a Ted Bundy biopic, but instead was like about his girlfriend more. I get what they were trying to do, which was they were trying to show it, the Ted Bundy story through the eyes of his girlfriend, right. longtime girlfriend. Yeah. Which I get, but what ends up happening is so apparently the way the screenplay was originally written, you don't find out it is Ted Bundy until like half the film's over. Oh, that's cool. I like that. No, they didn't go with that though. Right, because right, that's right. so stupid. Because it's like people know the Ted Bundy story. Uh-huh. You immediately would know like, oh, that's fucking Ted Bundy. They're talking about Ted Bundy. Oh, I see. This I is see. a Ted yeah, Bundy story. Yeah, yeah. So like you know it within the first 30 seconds of the film anyway. Right. So what they ended up doing was just showing her perspective of everything. So they never show any of the murders. They never show him with any of his victims. Right. They just show her like finding out about everything and confronting him and him lying to her and gaslighting her and being like, no, you know me. I'm a good person. The cops are framing me. Right. And right. actually making her out to be way more stupid than <laughs> she actually was when right. stuff was going down. Like right. she caught on pretty quickly. Right. That something was wrong. But in the movie, she just keeps believing him and believing mm-hmm. him. They focus a lot on their sex life and how like h- like how good their chemistry was. Yeah, I think yeah. so you don't hate her. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. You 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 uh, buy that she was like being manipulated as opposed yes. to like uh, I mean I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming it was so that you 
sympathize with her and sort of feel like she was being manipulated, not that she was complicit exactly. or, or I think whatever. the most effective scene of the movie is they the first time they meet, they meet at a bar, they go home, they don't hook up, she passes out in bed, she wakes up and her infant daughter is gone and she Jesus. runs into the kitchen and he's making them breakfast. Right. And there's a really good scene where like he's so charming and um, she's so relieved slash grateful that this like handsome man doesn't care she's a single mother. Right, right, right. And he's like talking, he has a knife and he's waving around the knife. And it's really effective because like we all know that's Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't. She doesn't. Uh, yeah, and yeah, Zach yeah. Efron's doing really good acting where he's like straddling that line between mm-hmm. being charming and sort of winking at the audience. Right, like, right. I, like I could go off literally at any time here, <laughs> right, murder yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, that's an effective scene, but then after that, I think it really goes downhill. I think it glorifies him way too much. And there is something about like when male filmmakers try to tackle the Ted Bundy story that they can't help but feed into that like glorification of him mm-hmm. about how handsome he was, how charming he was, right, right. how much he had everybody eating out of the palm of his hand. John Lithgow plays the judge, uh-huh. and it. I'm John Lithgow. Sorry, <laughs> uh, John Malkovich. Okay, plays uh, the judge and does a good job. But Both would have been fine choices. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was me recasting because I didn't really like Malkovich <laughs> yeah. in that role. But anyway, um, how much the judge was like up Ted Bundy's ass mm, and like loved yeah. him so much. Right. But anyway, so I. But again, they never show. They never get into the backgrounds of the victims. Uh, the lawyer is played by the uh, the guy from The Big Bang Theory. Oh, uh, Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon. Uh, 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 Tim Parsons? Jim. Parsons. Jim Parsons. Uh, Jim Parsons. And the only time they talk about the victim is when Jim Parsons, in like graphic detail, is talking about what Ted Bundy did to the bodies. Mm-hmm. Um how he like crushed their larynx and there was like a hole the size of a baseball in her skull, like stuff like that, which I guess is good. You do want to hear about that stuff because it's like, we have to remember Ted Bundy's a monster. Yeah. But it really is just such a glowing eulogy of like how gloriously manipulative he was. Yeah. I mean, granted, again, I have not seen the movie. I, I do think there's something interesting about that framing not maybe not the way that they did it but i do think it would be interesting to see a story like that because all of true crime is like you see the person committing the murders or you know in some way committing the murders stuff like that you see them manipulate their victims i think it's interesting if somebody would do a movie in that way where it's like because in real life we don't see them do the murders Right. So yes, like, and I think there's something very interesting about centering the woman in his life. Yeah. But they don't really center her. Right. We don't like find out a lot about her. Yeah. I do have to say tremendous shout out to chubby Haley Joel Osment, <laughs> who plays a kind of love interest in it. Uh-huh. Who he is a friend and coworker of hers, and they get closer right, as everything's right. happening. Yeah. Um, but I never thought I'd be so happy to see chubby <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. I think he's fucking adorable. I yeah. really do, and like I, he's very very charming in it. Yeah. And I really like him as the quasi love interest. Right. Um, just like the total opposite of a Ted Bundy type. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's one reason I like trial movies and stuff a lot mm-hmm. because for the most part, like real life is pretty murky. And when you go to a trial, like we don't 
you, you you don't have the benefit of a movie of seeing them commit a murder and then mm-hmm. seeing them on trial and yeah. knowing that they're guilty. And a lot of times when these guys go on trial, yep. we don't know that they're guilty. Yeah. In real life, you know. So I th- I like the ambiguity of that of like see of of like that. I I would love I think to the see problem it. is we never have a moment. There's a moment that they made up in the film that oh, never happened. That's not good. Which is she confronts him in prison and he's denying it. He's denying it. He's denying it. And then she, she would really, then this part is true. What really haunted his longtime girlfriend was that he cut off the head of one of the victims and they never found it. Oh yeah. And so she is saying, how, how did you get her head off? And he's like, I didn't do it. Blah, blah, blah. And then he writes in the window and the condensation hacksaw. <laughs> And she freaks out and she leaves the prison and like this is the big moment of reveal where it's like he did it. Mm-hmm. That never happened. <laughs> yeah, because that's insane. That never happened. The closest they ever got Bundy to getting into that kind of detail is they got him to talk theoretically or philosophically in third person. Yeah, I was... Where he was like, well, as an expert, I, if I had done it... Like the OJ thing. Yeah, if I had done it, I, I would have done it this way. I was actually just listening to an interview with uh, John Douglas, the guy who wrote... The the guy from Mindhunter. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote the book and was the Ooh, actual guy. I can't guy. wait till that next season yeah. drops, baby. He was, a, you know, he was the guy that first... He's the guy, the main character from that show. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing interviews and stuff recently. And uh, I just... I, I listened to his podcast and he was talking about that, about like how they went in and it was like, you know, how he basically like, you know, tricked Ted Bundy into <laughs> being like, well, okay, I know you didn't do it, but like if... How would this be done? You're so did? smart. Yeah, exactly. And like, you're such an articulate and I guy. I know you didn't do it. Of course obviously, you didn't do it. Of course you didn't do it. it but, like, but you're so smart. Uh-huh. And like uh, a man with your mind has uh-huh. a keen ability to empathize yeah, yeah, yeah. with a sick monster <laughs> like this. And Ted was like, I am all those things. Um, <laughs> and then like, so how would it be done? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, there's no way he could know all this stuff without having <laughs> done like, it. Clearly <laughs> did it. And was confessing to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think it's an overall failure with... Oh, that's a bummer. But I think uh, I also really did not like the direction of it. Right. I thought it was really strange. And mm-hmm. like the cinematography was very, very weird. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Zach Efron did a good job. That's I cool. think they should have waited a little longer and had him lose like 15 pounds <laughs> of muscle. Hey, can you uh, get a little chubby? Can you be? Can you, no, can no. You, can you just get regular? Not chubby. Uh, like. Thin, like lean. Right, right, right. Or yeah, just like like a regular person. Yeah, like um, in shape, but like a human being would be in shape because it is bananas, uh-huh. you guys. If you haven't Pretend seen, you're act- like a normal person and not an actor. Yeah. Um, do you have any recs or anti recs? Uh, I just watched the first. I guess there's only one episode out so far, but uh, the new HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Don't tell me anything. No spoilers. I'm so hyped about it. I mean, there's going to be spoilers because it's a real historical event. No, but like, don't tell me anything about okay. the show. It's like, very do good. Do you liked it? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's brand new. So yes. we should not have any. I will say, with without getting into spoilers. And while keeping in mind, I will murder you. Yes. I mean, okay. there's nothing like, you know, nothing specific. But just like one thing I, I like about this series is that it does a very good job of examining the time and place in history and how that affected what went on in Chernobyl. Okay. Vague. I like that. Yeah. I'm very excited. It looks uh, beautiful. It's great. The, the, I, I couldn't help but keep thinking about the overall, like 
I don't know what to call it, like the cinematography, like the mm. overall atmosphere of the show very much reminded me of the Americans. Oh, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the way that it's set, you know, you know, in the, what is it, the 50, the 80s or whatever. It's like, it's got that, it's beautifully shot, but it's got that old school feel yeah. of the aesthetics. And it's like, they do a good job of like recreating the aesthetics of like a poor soviet country right and all this it's great it's, it's man fantastic. the americans the other day because people have been tearing apart the season of game of thrones uh-huh. for people are getting very very nervous that they're not going to stick this landing yeah, with yeah, the yeah, ending yeah. And someone was like um in your opinions what is the show that ended the best oh yeah yeah, yeah. the americans yeah a thousand that's uh, one of the, one of the best endings i've said ever. it i said it before i said it again americans i think in the conversation, best TV series of all time. I would agree with that. It of is all time a masterpiece. People always talk about The Wire. No, they always talk about I, The Sopranos, I, The Americans, and I. The Wire's ending. It was it was very good, but I wouldn't put it in the same league as yeah. The Americans. Yeah. Um, who also the shield is up oh, there. The shield is the awesome. Shield ends the shield is great in a crazy <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, the shield's awesome. I just remember being like that show traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can you do this? Yeah. yeah. Is this illegal? Uh-huh. Uh it was very very good. Anyway, uh, also um, uh, just a quick book yes. recommendation. Yes. Um I've been reading this book called The People's Republic of Walmart. Uh, it's for all the the nerdy socialist heads out there. <laughs> it's Which from, is all of you. It's from Verso Books. It's a really great book by these two guys that sort of explores... It, the basic thesis of the book is can v- these insane mega corporations like Walmart and Amazon actually provide a framework, like an ideological framework for how a, a, plan, a socialist planned economy could work? Oh, so interesting. The, so the basic idea is like people, the, 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 the knock against planned economies is also like you can't possibly control all these things. You can't possibly manage this large of a system like a, like a national economy. Like it can't be yeah. like managed from the top down like Which that. Which actually damages the socialist argument it, by saying like you can't do something like that effectively that that's yeah exactly yeah, that's the yeah, knock yeah. against like a planned economy is saying like you can't you, you can't come in and, and like organize a, a, an entire national economy it doesn't work right. and that's why socialist revolutions of the past always led to famine and stuff like that but their that's argument interesting but their argument is if you look at amazon or or look at like walmart now if you've, if you've ever been in a walmart there are thousands of different products in a walmart yeah i mean thousands yeah. and they all come from different supply chains there's just an infinite number of supply chains and stuff going on and all of that stuff is managed mm. by walmart corporate so like, like the, how do we take that and use it for good yes can you can you take that organization of like there's a, a walmart buyer that manages all these supply chains gets all the products inside of a walmart like mm-hmm. all these things and and the walmart is like the pinnacle of like open choice in the free market for mm-hmm. capitalists and it's like can we take that organization and just make it democratic fascinating and, and make it social it's fascinating that's, it's an that, awesome book that's one of those rare examples of like an argument i haven't heard yeah exactly you know, where yeah. it's like oh that's so interesting to come at it from that angle it's a very good book yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great guys it's that time of the show let's all hold hands and cry here's your bad news oh. Man, let's talk about the cell. Ooh. Oh, buddy. 
so Georgia, I want to be very careful about how I phrase this. Mm-hmm. Georgia uh, just passed legislation uh, where people who get pregnant, who terminate the pregnancy, could receive life in prison. Now, the reason yes. I'm being very careful about how to word that is a lot of publications, including this Slate article, are using the phrase, Georgia just criminalized abortion. Right. The reason I don't want to use that phrasing is if someone, for example, is in the South right now and listening to me, I don't want them to think that they can no longer get an abortion right now. Right. You can go get an abortion right now. Yes. If, if, if you are very, very privileged and you have access to a clinic where you can get that procedure done, mm-hmm. which I am not claiming is <laughs> easy uh-huh. in a state like Georgia, right. you can still get an abortion. Uh-huh. So we don't want to put misinformation out there right, right, right. that it's like illegal now. Mm-hmm. But this is really, really scary, what is happening in Georgia. Yeah, so they... Passed a bill, but it's not law yet. Right. right? So it's called the fetal heartbeat bill. Uh-huh. Um, its government name is HB 481. It's the most extreme abortion ban in the country, not just because it would impose severe limitations on women's reproductive rights, but also because it would subject women who get illegal abortions to life imprisonment and the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm reading from an article, obviously. Um, I don't want to use transphobic language in this. So this pertains to anyone seeking an abortion. Uh, so on Tuesday, Georgia Republican Governor Brian Kemp signed this bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the primary purpose of HB 481 is to prohibit doctors from terminating any pregnancy after they can detect embryonic or fetal cardiac activity, which typically occurs at six weeks yeah. gestation. So many people don't realize they're pregnant. Yeah, I mean, most, until after that time. Yeah, there is. Uh, I don't. I, I don't want to get too off track before we get yes. further into the article. But I, again, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, I have a brain disease uh, where I just have to always be consuming the worst possible takes uh, of all time. Uh, but uh, so AOC tweeted something when this happened about. Um, she said that. You know, six weeks is two weeks after a missed period, right? Yeah. Which is obviously true. Uh, I mean, obviously there are fluctuations and stuff like that, but in general, this is, you know, the the basic idea. So <laughs> the conservative, this is, I mean, talk, if you want to talk about bad faith arguments, the worst one I've ever seen was that, you know, all the just like absolute super brains people like Ben Shapiro were <laughs> like, uh, it's not... They they literally they took her tweet about the about six weeks being two two weeks past a missed period, and we're like, uh, it's not a missed period; it's a baby. <laughs> like that's not what she. This what are you what talking about? Nuts. Like they don't even understand the basic biology of what they're legislating about. Well, where it's, it's like, like that's not what that is. Yeah. Well, also she's like her point was that they don't know that they're pregnant. Right. Right. Because a lot of people don't regularly just get pregnancy tests for no reason, just in case. They get it after they miss a period, and they're like, "Hey, that's abnormal. Something is up." Right. That's that's the point. Is that this bill is designed so that mo- you know a lot of women will find out they're pregnant after six weeks, and then there's just nothing they can do. Right. Also in Alabama, Republicans tried to sneak through a measure that would make nearly all abortions a felony punishable by up to 99 years in prison without even so much as a normal roll call vote. 
So I wanted to. Did you oh, see this, Eric? Oh, of course I saw. Are you okay. kidding me? So of course I saw. It. It's the best. Pl- you ever watch those videos of like, uh, like you know, uh, just like parliaments in like Europe or like the Middle East where shit just goes crazy mm-hmm. and they start fighting and jumping out of their seats and stuff. This is the closest American politics has been to that in a while. So I want to try to record some of this audio. Hopefully my mic will pick it up. Um, it's just an extraordinary moment. It's chilling. Yeah. Because this is uh, uh, hold on. I wanted to shout out specifically because these two representatives are fucking heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, Senators Figures and Singleton are the voices you'll hear. Uh, Singleton oh. is the man. Figures is the woman. Vivian Figures met her multiple times. Yeah, she rocks. Oh, uh, great. She's awesome. She is so calm during all of this. But like Singleton, to his credit, freaks out when he realizes what they're trying to do. Yeah. I'm very glad they're there to fight for the rights of Alabamians, but yeah, Vivian Figures is like from my part of Alabama, and she's she just is awesome. All right, let's listen to this. He made a motion to table. There was no motion for another side. He made a motion to table. Heck no. He didn't even make a motion. He did not make a motion. He made a motion to table. What was the motion made? The motion was made. You just excuse me. Senator Chambliss, you're recognized. He did not make a motion. In response to the number of abortions. No, 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 no. No, perform this year versus the rape and incest. Mr. President, we did not make a motion. There are 325,000 that um, abortions that have been performed this year, and a little over 3,000. State your point of order. You know, I know you all are for this bill, and I know this bill is going to pass. You're going to get your way, but at least treat us fairly and do it the right way. So if there has been a motion made, we would like to have a roll call vote on that motion. So, Senator Chambliss, I mean, Senator Figures, we're moving on. Uh, there was a motion made to table. It's not debatable. There was not three hands raised. And there, so no, we're moving on. Senator Chambliss, thank you for your... Corner order, corner I'm, very, order. I'm very disappointed, Sir, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. So, like, again, good for them, but it's so eerie to hear that mm-hmm. happening yeah it's yeah it's it's wild also i have a very small update just to show yes. you how insane alabama politics is mm-hmm. uh because my friends from alabama just posted this so they just passed a bill in or i think this was passed uh <laughs> they're putting uh regulations on uh schools teaching yoga <laughs> and uh priorities uh-huh and here are some of the regulations because it's awesome uh just because you're like why would they regulate yoga uh because it's uh foreign that's why right. uh so you can't have girls bending over in tight pants well i don't think that's the point because really? they, they the bill is you can t- so their bill is basically like oh oh you can have yoga but it gets to section three of the regulations uh, so it's a, so section three is all instruction in yoga shall be limited exclusively to poses, exercises, and stretching techniques. Um, and then section five Wait, is, say that again? so all instruction in yoga shall be limited exclusively to poses, exercises, and stretching techniques. Isn't that yoga? Well, here's the thing. Okay. You, because they're saying you can teach yoga, but none of the, uh, the weird Indian stuff. 
Okay. And so like chakra. Mm-hmm. Can't say exactly chakra. Exactly right. You can't. Well, all so section five is all poses, exercises, and stretching techniques ha- shall have exclusively English descriptive names. <laughs> That's so dumb. Chanting. Ah! Mo- Chanting, mantras, mudras, use of mandalas, and namaste greetings shall be expressly prohibited. I'm cool with banning namaste. Because <laughs> yeah. only at this point, only douchey white people. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, that is wild. That's how wild Alabama politics is. I also wanted to talk about the response to the Georgia mm-hmm. uh, fetal heartbeat bill, which I don't even like calling it that because right. I feel like that's anti-choice yeah. language. It is. The uh, anti-choice bill uh-huh. in Georgia. So there's been a variety of proposals about like how to respond to this. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a mixture of good ideas out there. Obviously, people have been calling on Marvel and Disney to stop filming in Georgia. Yeah. A lot of your favorite shows and movies are filmed in Georgia yeah. because Georgia gives a huge tax break. The yeah, The Walking Dead, famously. The Walking Dead is produced or is mm-hmm. shot in Georgia. Um and so there's a lot of people calling for those productions to pull out of the state. I've seen some pushback about that, about how it will ultimately just hurt Georgians, like poor yeah, Georgians, sure. because they benefit from those mm-hmm. uh, that money. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people like shaming performers who have gigs coming up in Georgia. <laughs> Listen, I think there's like sort of a hierarchy to doing that. Mm-hmm. Like if you are say. Bono, right? And you are going to perform in Georgia. I think it's valid for people to be like, "Hey, Bono, don't perform in Georgia." If you're a lesser, much lesser known stand-up comedian, uh-huh. and you have a gig in Georgia, I and like that's how you're going to pay your rent. Yeah, yeah. I I understand people who are like, I I still need to do this. Well, it's sort of similar to the people that are like, oh well, uh, uh, all women should just move out of Georgia. It's yeah, like, like it's not gonna. It's a very privileged happen. thing to demand of uh-huh. people from your living room. Or I have your a theory tweeting. about this bill. Yeah, and I said this last year in a in a more vague context. I don't think the Georgia legislature wants this bill to pass and be enacted in Georgia. I say that because I think... The governor signed it, though. Well, no, no. I No, they want it in Georgia. I think the point of this bill mm-hmm. is not just for Georgian regulation. I think they want it to be challenged so they can get it to the Supreme Court. Oh, 100%. So that, yeah. Because now that once um, uh, Kavanaugh and what's-his-face, the other Trump Supreme Court justice, got in... Mm-hmm. Uh, now that the court's conservative, I when when the Kavanaugh hearings are going on, I thought as soon as he gets, uh, and I think I said on this podcast, like I, the the plan is once he gets in, states are just going to start passing as many abortion laws as they can. Yeah. They're just going to start shoving them through because the way you get something in the Supreme Court is a state passes something, it gets challenged, it goes to the appeals court. And now they have it stacked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so once it gets appealed, it goes to, you know, the, the appellate court. And then out of there, once it gets challenged again is when it goes to the Supreme right. Court. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that Al- what happened in Alabama and, uh, you know, Kemp signing this in Georgia happened so close to each other uh-huh. isn't a coincidence. No, like, this is them full court pressing I, I, this issue. I think that's the plan is, is states, all these states, you know, you see it all over the place. I mean, so many states, so many conservative states are trying to pass abortion legislation. I mean, they want the legislation, but I think the but what they the 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 grail like the master plan is 
they pass it, it goes up to the Supreme Court, and then it overturns Roe v. Wade. Right. That's Which, that's what I think that they're point, trying I, to I do. I think the likelihood of that happening is very, very high. Uh-huh. Um, but what's so dumb about all of this is they're not going to make... They are going to make abortion illegal. They're not going to stop abortion. No, no, no. It never they're just not going yeah. to. It will get very, very unsafe right, for people right, seeking right. abortions. And we'll start to see jail time mm-hmm. for people who provide abortions and people who get abortions. Right. And that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's everything that we've been watching on The Handmaid's Tale come w- to fruition. I will say the, the, the Georgia bill is sort of, I mean, I, I, I'm not as well versed on like anti-abortion legislation mm-hmm. as, as a lot or m- probably most people. But um, I will say it seemed to me to be very unique in one regard, which is that for a long time, the sort of like very even like the most, you know, insanely pro-life people like Ben Shapiro or something, their whole line has been, no, we will never criminalize mothers for seeking abortions or for getting them. It's it's supposed to be aimed at doctors who provide them. Which, again, if you go after the doctors, you are endangering the lives. You're endangering their lives, but th- their whole thing has been like, no, no, we won't criminalize mothers for getting abortions or whatever. The the, the You know, we just want to go after the doctors, shut them down, whatever. Well, now it's like... But now, the, but now this Georgia bill is like, you can... The mothers will go to jail. And that's just a lesson in not allowing them to shift the Overton window right, like that. Right. Because Absolutely, like that was yeah. a strategy uh-huh. where they were like, no, 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 no. We're not going after right, exactly. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going after the doctors. So even people who like in theory support abortion were like, oh, they're just going after uh-huh. the doctors, yeah, yeah. which I mean should horrify everyone. Right, but right, right. I think it got enough people who were sort of in the middle to be like, oh, they're not like ever going to go mm-hmm. after people, mm-hmm. which like, of course they fucking are. Right, right, That's right. the entire goal of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then I've seen people suggest like, well, let's donate to pro-choice causes, mm-hmm. which I think is is the most helpful of all of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, just support people who are actually doing the work on the ground because mm-hmm. uh, they're the ones who are going to need the most help. The people who live in Georgia who who need access to abortions, who are trying to work uh, so people will still have access to abortion. Um, they're the ones who need the most support right now. I mean, we could stop fighting for five seconds on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That we're not resisting, right? Uh-huh, <laughs> you yeah. know? Because mm-hmm. it's like, uh, just watching it happen, it's like, man, this is why we fucking lose. Yeah. Not that we can't debate the merits of different strategies. Sure, 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 sure. That's fine. Right. But I think we're all trying to cope with this uh-huh. the best way we can. Right. And to immediately see people tearing down each other's efforts, it's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know who's not divided? The people trying to outlaw abortion. No, never. <laughs> yeah. They're very focused. Yeah, yeah. Laser-like focused. Yes. They have a whole game plan and right. we're like, don't ask Marvel to boycott. I like <laughs> the Avengers. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, my problem with the boycott strategy has always been like, I mean, you know, in principle, I guess it would be a good thing if you're a company and be like, oh, well, we won't support them. But also it's like, do you think Georgia fucking cares? No. You think they want to like secede from the United States? Like they don't give a shit if Hollywood stops filming in Georgia. Yeah. And uh, for people to be like, but if you don't have that money, it's going to uh, harm the poorest Georgians. It's like, like they right. They, fucking care. they already won't raise wages. Uh-huh. They won't give them health care. Yeah. They don't give a shit about poor Georgians. Yeah. They would be happy if every liberal in Georgia just left. Yeah. <laughs> and they would be ecstatic. Yeah. Say goodbye to Chris Evans. You're never going to see him again. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so, 
next bad news story is should be the biggest story in the world. Uh, the UN says that a million species uh, could go extinct. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's not a problem at all. No. Um, so, yeah, this horrifying report came out um, that suggests that around a million plant and animal species are at risk of extinction thanks to human activity and climate change. Great, great, great. Um, Sir Robert Watson, great name, chair of the yeah. Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services. We get it. You're smart, wow. Robert said the health of ecosystems on which we and all other species depend is deteriorating more rapidly than ever um and we are eroding the very foundations of our economies livelihoods food security uh health and quality of life worldwide so you think this would be the number one story in the world because again climate change is the biggest story in the world simply because it affects all of us uh -huh. um and it was really interesting and slash depressing where I get alerts every day for the most most discussed stories on Twitter. Uh -huh. So like the most shared articles, yeah, the yeah. most retweeted. And for one day, this was the top story. Uh -huh. And then as I went later in the week, everybody just moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's really the issue with climate change. It's not that whenever people are like, why is no one talking about this? Invariably, it's like people are talking about it. You just shared an article from the New York Times about mm -hmm. it. People aren't talking about it. Right. The, the problem with climate change is we talk about it for a day and then we move on. Yeah, I heard some uh, YouTubers cheated on each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, did you hear the royal baby has a name now? <laughs> it's Archie. It's weird. Uh, We're all weirded out about it. I've actually been thinking about this a lot because I'm working on going back to school. And this is sort of uh, like the ecosystem, biodiversity, like the, the relationship between like humans and nature is like basically what I want to study. And, I, you know, it's, it's fascinating because I think humans by and large have just they don't conceive of themselves as being a part of nature right like we see ourselves as like a completely separate th thing altogether from nature well uh, chris hayes always makes this point where it's like so much of what we're talking about is actually invisible to human beings yes. so like noxious gases in the atmosphere uh -huh. like we we can't see with our human eyes a lot of the stuff we're talking about, therefore, we're like, does not pertain to us. There's that. There's the invisibility of a lot of this stuff. There's also, like, the sort of, like, temporal lag of, like, the stuff you do now affects the climate in 20 years. Right. But humans are very bad at that sort of long-term strategic thinking. For us, that's long-term. For the Earth, it's like, it's happening now slash tomorrow. But yeah. for, in our little timeline, yeah, exactly. we're like, like I'll be a senior citizen by yeah, then. Yeah, we just like we need like that sort of like that sort of like effect, and then like you know we sort of need like the action and the effect, the cause and effect. We need it to basically happen right then, mm -hmm. and so it's like. Would you say it's happening the day after tomorrow? Ooh, thank you so much. Starring Zaddy Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Brought it back uh, to the yes. Gyllenhaal. Uh, but yeah, it's like people, you know, they don't see like, okay, you have to make these changes now so that there's an improvement in 20 years. And they just don't get it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it, it just for whatever reason, our brains just can't comprehend that. Yeah. Um, and I also think about it in regards to like very small things. I'm not saying this is like, I'm not... I'm not saying this to like shame any anyone or, or like say it's a bad thing, but like shame them. Shame uh, but them. I always think about like you know people are always like really upset about like you know bugs getting in their house, and it's like 
that's yeah you don't want bugs in your house but also like i think people are just like they don't even conceive of the fact that those bugs have an impact on your life sure it's so, like we eradicate whole species of bugs there's a very big spider in my bedroom and i'm just letting them hang out yeah like spiders is a good one because you know he's it, eating all the mosquitoes you know that's the thing with bees everybody's like oh fuck bees they sting you and it's like oh, they're incredibly important to well, the now, earth yeah now that they're suddenly gone we're like what the fuck is happening <laughs> yeah what the fuck is happening yeah like, it's like even like i i heard a podcaster talking about this the other day there were so many more bugs when we were kids yeah, growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Like he was talking about when he used to put his porch light on, there would be moths everywhere. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. now I put it on and there's like one moth yeah, around. Yeah, I heard somebody talking about taking a road trip and like how few bugs hit the windshield yeah. as opposed to like when 20 years When I was a ago. kid, yeah, my dad would be driving. It was like Constant. an it's issue. Just like, yeah. yeah, and it's just like, you know, we don't, we just see it as like, oh, these are pests. These are bothering me. As opposed to being like, this is an incredibly complex yeah. ecological system. And it's deteriorating so fast now. Yeah. Like once that base got pulled out, uh-huh. once the bugs started dying, yeah. then it's like, it's now we're understanding. And what I'm worried about is, usually we only become concerned when it's too late. <laughs> That's what I was saying earlier. It's yeah, like you, yeah. you don't see, like, the thing with climate is, like, by the time there's a problem... You can't fix it. Right. That's the point. That's the problem of the climate. Like, that's the, the sort of, like, temporal lag of, like, once you actually see the effect of it, it's over. Well, don't worry. Uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are going to create, like, other planets. <laughs> and then we'll, like, go there on rockets. And yeah. they, they'll bring us. It's so They'll bring us. Eric, they'll take us with them. <laughs> I tuned this yesterday because there was this, like, famous quote from Frederick Jameson. I, I think it gets attributed to him. I don't know if it's actually from him. But he, you know, basically said the famous line of, like, it's actually easier to conceive of the end of the world than the end of capitalism <laughs> yeah and it I, truly is and i think our new i think our new version of that like is like oh it's easier to conceive of like uh, inventing interstellar travel and and moving all of humanity to another just, planet than just fixing it than yeah. just like stopping like cars you know what i mean yeah like, i think at this point it's a race between capitalism destroying the earth and like social upheaval. Uh-huh. Like what's going to happen first? Will there be a mass uprising to take down the the very few rich people who rule us all? Uh-huh. Or will they ultimately win and preserve this system of inequality that ends up destroying the planet? I think Jeff Bezos is planning on building a rocket for one. <laughs> and, <laughs> Absolutely. And, it's uh, the Bezos rocket. Yeah, and it's just like, he's uh, out. hey guys, I invented it. Uh, it's mine. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Uh, goodbye. You know, He's playing Rocket Man uh-huh. while he's taking yeah, off. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I want everybody to not worry because uh, Joe Biden said that he's looking for a middle ground <laughs> on climate policy. I can't just... What the fuck? Like, like he's gonna I, find that middle. He's gonna find that sweet spot that um, if I was it ch- brings capitalism and people who want to save the earth together. Oh my god! And he's gonna sit us all down at the table and he's gonna say, "Listen." He's gonna be. He's gonna f- give us all back massages and say, "Listen." Joe Biden's gonna be our nominee. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent. I just are you all fucking ready for that shit show? I. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just absolutely. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, uh, whoever the 40% of the Democratic Party that's like voting for him right now uh, mm-hmm. should just be removed. <laughs> it should just be. Expand on that, Eric. When uh, you say removed. Um, uh, there's this uh, term I read about in a book. It's called a gulag. Okay, uh, I'm going to hit pause really quickly. <laughs> <No>. and <laughs> um, I just, I did, uh, who's, 
like I, I just, it's unbelievable. I just don't know how anybody can like this person or vote for him. I don't understand what is appealing about him other than the fact that he was vice president before Donald Trump was president, and everybody's just grasping on to some sort of normalcy. Oh, I'll like, I'll break it down for you. He is um an old white man, uh-huh. therefore um ordained <laughs> to be president. I really wish I I know it's not going to happen. I really wish that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren would meet in secret and make a pact. Mm-hmm. Be like, I like this. Let's start now, a year out from the primary. One of us drops out. Bernie. I don't care who. Just one of us drops out. We run as a, the same ticket. You normally don't pick your vice president yeah. until you're actually the nominee. Fuck that. We're running on a two-person ticket right now. Warren Sanders. Yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah. I. Here's the issue with uh, Elizabeth Warren. She's a woman, and she's very smart. And I think... That is her downfall. Uh huh. Um, because we live in a sexist country. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I also wouldn't want to necessarily see her be second to Bernie's ticket. But yeah, I do think that's a smart strategy. I don't think it'll happen. No, it won't happen. They both want to be president. Yeah, I mean, that won't. I mean, it won't happen. But it- I just think the optics too of of her being the VP instead of so many women are so mad about Hillary. Yeah. yeah. I think if she dropped down a vice president, they would be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't care. I mean, she yeah. can be president. I, Bernie I don't, think, can Bernie. VP. I don't yeah. think Bernie would be VP. I don't. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, they pro- neither of them would be. I just, how think do you like this? How do you like this shit show? Uh, Elizabeth Warren with AOC as her VP. Boop. Uh, I think that would be great. I don't, this would obviously never happen. I'm yeah, just saying, it wouldn't like, happen theoretically. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. I mean, if it did, I just wonder. There's so much like weird reflexive hate against AOC. Oh, uh, this is why I said what a shit show it would be. It yeah. would be an unbelievable uh, screaming tantrum of misogynists coming for them. Yeah, that's um, the only reason. An I army think, of Ben Shapiro. That's the only reason I think like it would be. I think. You know, uh, other than agreeing with a lot of his policies, the reason I think Bernie is polling well behind Biden, he has for for whatever reason, you know, whatever the reason is, he gets a lot of people that are not actually members of the Democratic Party, like on his side. Could it be not um, not Republicans, but like these weird? Could like, he have that um, irritability because he is an old white man? <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it for sure, but also like I mean, like people that wouldn't vote for Biden would vote for Sanders. Sure, you know? they wouldn't vote for one old white man, but uh-huh. they vote for another old yeah, white sure. man. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think Bernie um, has a weird ability to do that, considering how radical his policies yeah, I don't can know. be. It's, it's strange. I, I, I They're do not th- radical, I guess. I mean, just like in terms of he's what gotten we're... less radical, weirdly. Yeah, uh, but like it's it's this base of people like. Not to say that Trump voters and Bernie voters are the same, but like there's this weird contingent of people that are just like have this reflexive hatred of everyone who is in any way like a member of a party or you know what I mean, or like as it, it you know is any sort of like regular politician they're just like whoever says they're not a real politician i will vote for them mm-hmm. you know what i mean like oh i just remembered something uh and i forgot to recommend it but oh. i'll put it with my recommendations um 
Is it called Burning Down Bring, the House? Bringing Down the House. Bringing Down the House. <laughs> Not Burning Down the House. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, bringing Down the House on Netflix is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, yeah. And it's about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's race in New York, but also a few races around the country mm-hmm. uh, where progressive uh, women of color were running for office. And... AOC is obviously the star of it, but it is so well done and it's very inspiring. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, and it made me cry a bunch. It's very good. Yeah, I just you know I I you know if man if Biden is the nominee, it's going to be bad. I think it'll be Biden. I mean, right now he is so far ahead in all of the polls. I mean, it is still a it's very very early. It's I mean, at this point in 2015, Trump had not even announced. Right. So it's still extremely early so who knows but if he's nominee it's gonna be real bad it's gonna be awful yeah guys this is gonna be an extra long episode because we haven't even gotten to the good news yet but we're here now let's do it here's your good news So we have to start with, oh, I, I always count this as good news, Woo! Ben Shapiro being humiliated in front of millions Just of having a total meltdown. Um, Eric, I was today years old when I heard Ben Shapiro speak for the first time. <laughs> really? Did not know he sounded like a Keebler elf. <laughs> Makes sense because he is a wee fellow. He... That is not to height shame. I just think it's very funny that Ben Shapiro is probably in your pocket right now uh-huh. being hateful. <laughs> look in your pocket right I now. Listen. Is Ben Shapiro in there? Yep. yep. Does he look really mad? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is he challenging AOC to debate him? So he can jerk off. Man, he yep. is. He is just. Uh, he's on one. He is on another level, in terms of just being like an absolute deluded right wing shithead. Like, who he is. He's something else. I. I. You know. It's. It is something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I listen to. You know, part of my uh, uh, aforementioned brain disease is that I. I do occasionally listen to his show just to see. He's he, he's he's the type of person. So I I know you recently did a couple of like uh, solo episodes of this show. I sure did. Yeah. Uh, how how was that experience doing a a, a full hour solo? It's so upsettingly comfortable. Uh-huh. Like I was really like, oh, I better feel like an insane person. Yeah. And I was like forty minutes in, and I'm like, I am flying. Yeah. I'm soaring majestically. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm more narcissistic than I thought. I'm well, like, the reason I'm I bring making it, great points by myself. Re- the, the reason I bring it up is because Ben Shapiro does a solo podcast five days a week. That See, I could not, <laughs> not do it five days a week. I think I would... I think you have to be a disturbed individual His whole show, to do it that much. I can occasionally do it on my own, and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty good at this, but I would feel he does insane. An, he does an hour podcast five days a week just talking about how good his ideas so are. So here's why that's extra sad. <laughs> that means no one wants to hang out with Ben Shapiro, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, like, I can't do it all the time because we just can't get our fucking acts together and schedule it uh-huh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I always have the option where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll just have my buddy come over, and we'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, politics yeah. for an right. hour. Ben Shapiro doesn't have a buddy to come over <laughs> talk about politics for an hour yeah his his show has literally just been like well i had this idea and it was very good and i wanted to tell you about it and uh, his his before we get into this yeah. interview since we're going long anyway yeah. uh uh his one of his shows this week he 
did a quarter of a, like a, a solid 10 minutes, maybe 10 to 15 minutes on the Met Gala. <laughs> here was his did thoughts. Did you love it? Oh, here is his thoughts on the Met Gala, by the way. Because it's, it's, it was, I, listen. I have I, thoughts on the Met Gala and I didn't share them with you people because I respect I've you. I've listened to a lot of Ben Shapiro, okay? And everything he says is insane, like demented bullshit. This was, even for him, the most, like, one of the most insane, like, brain pretzels I've ever heard. Okay. Because <laughs> he started off by saying that his his basic thesis of the Met Gala was that, you know, he so he started off by reading Susan Sontag's essay on what is camp, which is where <laughs> where the theme comes from yes. of camp, right? Because that was the theme of the Met Gala is camp. Right. So he starts off by reading the essay of Susan Sontag's essay on what is camp. And his, th- his thesis about the Met Gala is that these are the elites of society making fun of poor people (laughs) okay because they are wearing intentionally bad outfits and if you don't understand why it's good they're making fun of you because you're not smart enough or elite enough to get why it's actually good to wear bad outfits. Meanwhile, the reason we have camp in popular culture is black drag queens. Uh That's who really like mainstream camp. Yeah, so... uh, Ben Shapiro's thesis is that this the Met Gala is is a it's meta narrative it's a meta like cultural commentary by the elites of society making fun of poor people by intentionally dressing bad. I will the furthest I'll go with agreeing with him is, you know, it is very like um, what the bread and circus, you know, where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a bunch of people. We have so many problems. Mm-hmm. Watching rich people dress up in fancy clothes. That is the Met Gala. Yeah. At least the red carpet part sure. of it. Sure, sure, sure. But also, I am so sick of people shaming poor people for any escape they have. Uh-huh. Where it's like, things are so shitty right now. Let's just come together on Twitter and talk about clothes for a little bit. Because uh-huh. it makes people happy for 45 fucking seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Before they have to go back to worrying about not being able to pay rent. Not having health care. Not being able to care for their kids. Like... Can poor people just have one fucking moment right, where right, they're right. not stressed and crying? Uh-huh. Um, well, this is my favorite part. So, so his, you know, he he goes on this whole long tangent about how these are just elites making fun of poor people, you know, and it, you don't you don't get it, you know, because you're not elite enough to get why <laughs> it's, you know, he does this whole thing, and then he says, and then his, the second part of his thesis is that you don't, you know, poor people understand that there are objective universal good taste and ben shapiro wields that uh-huh yeah exactly okay so so he's like you know uh and, he, and then he starts making of like oh you know and of course he, he never says this he's obviously talking to p- poor white people sure. because because any and he really tips his cap because he starts talking about how like oh uh you know everybody loves cardi b and, and we do. Yeah, we stand like, Cardi. Starts, he starts talking about how everybody loves Cardi B, and if you don't get, if you don't like Cardi B, uh, you know, if you think that Beethoven is better than Cardi B, then you're not elite <laughs> enough. I constantly compare the two. Where yeah. I'm like, every day I wake up and I'm like, mm, is Beethoven better or worse than Cardi B? That's, but that's his whole thesis. He's like, oh, there's obviously, obviously objectively beethoven is better than cardi b and if you not you couldn't possibly compare the two exactly ever no 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 there's universal good and bad and if you and people like cardi b and if you don't like cardi b well it's because it's because the 
the rich elites are making fun of you and you don't you know you're just not you know if you believe in Dude, universal if you like Beethoven, Beethoven congratulations <laughs> nobody gives a shit if you're listening to Beethoven Ben but this is also he just talks oh, I hope he just listens to it in the dark right before he records <laughs> yeah. his hour long uh-huh. podcast by himself he just talks about like he just talks out of his like both sides of his mouth all the time where he's like oh if you you know the elites are making fun of poor people but there are objective good tastes. And oh, by the way, it happens to exactly mirror Ben Shapiro's taste. What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? Anyway, so he does this interview on uh, the, is it the Beebs? The Beebs. It was the Beebs with, with a, with a right winger. I know. Andrew, Tory. Andrew Neal from like Margaret Thatcher <laughs> days. Debates him. He's like this old, decrepit, can barely talk yeah. without getting winded, like fucking right So finger. red in the face. <laughs> just so like he, Like he just did a Stairmaster. <laughs> that's that's how I talk about exercising on a Stairmaster. Uh-huh. You did a Stairmaster. Yeah. Um, just like so red in the face for no reason. And again, a right winger in the UK looks like a raging liberal <laughs> when next to Ben Shapiro. And Andrew Neal destroys Ben Shapiro. He destroyed him so badly that Ben Shapiro had to go on Twitter and accept the... F- he was like, yeah, I, I didn't uh-huh. prepare. I, I lost my mind. I lo- uh- yeah, I did. He's like, I broke my number one rule and I didn't prepare. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> I broke my number one rule <laughs> and good. I didn't prepare. Um, that's if, what he sounds like. If I you played that on one and a half speed, that's what Ben Shapiro said. He talks very <laughs> fast. He just constantly... You know how, like, you've ever seen pictures of, like... Uh, or. Pfft, pictures videos of like uh like professional like not professional like college like uh the debate team uh-huh. and you get points for however many facts you get so people just talk as fast as humanly possible right. they just like just just talk as fast as possible to get as many words in as possible mm-hmm. that's what ben shibiro sounds like all of the time yeah and uh it's real bad guys it i will link to it in uh the episode description but oh boy it went really badly for him so i'm going to put it in the good news section because any bad moment for ben shapiro is a good moment for humanity it was also great to me i I pointed this out on twitter it's like ben shapiro went on like a a new show and even right wingers in other countries are like dude the stuff you think is fucked up man (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like like even like extremely conservative people from other countries is like what the hell yeah i know just it just shows you how off the rails the far right in america Uh is because even like the far right in other countries who are very bad (laughs) they are bad people Uh are like you guys are out of your fucking mind (laughs) you want to send like people who get abortions to jail (laughs) that's insane Uh, so also in good news and keeping on the theme of Mother's Day, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, our girl, announced that everyone on her staff gets three months of paid paternal leave when they have a child. Nice. Uh, quote, if you see pregnancy or family as a workplace obstacle, you're contributing to the pay gap, she tweeted. Hell yeah. Nice. That's great. Hell yeah. Also, a bunch of candidates have taken the pledge to pay their, um, uh, cam- campaign interns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one who has not taken the pledge, I think, so far is uh, maybe he's not the only one, but it's been conspicuous. Is a uh, Mayor Pete? Mayor Pete, man, he's a bad candidate. He is. Who? It is like he's really, really bad. I love that. There's a very small thing that happened to uh, on Twitter, but just like so. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump compared Mayor Pete to Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Mayor Pete, because I guess he didn't feel like he was out of touch enough with <laughs> everyone, just tweeted like, oh, I didn't know what Mad Magazine was, and I had oh to look God. it up. He's just like, how do you... Come on, man. Everybody already thinks you're extremely out of touch. I know. And, like, it's so painfully clear they got, like, a social media person mm-hmm. who is, like, telling them things that they need to catch up on. Yeah. Um, like, Pete's partner... Oh, he, it was so embarrassing. The other day, he was just like, so... Oh, it was Big Little Lies. Yeah. It was like they gave them an agenda of things that, like, gay men are supposed <laughs> to know about. And uh, Mayor Pete's partner tweeted, so I just started watching Big Little Lies. And it was like, really? You just started yeah. watching it? No, they told yeah. you to catch up on gay <laughs> culture. Look, there's nothing wrong... Look, th- the thing with Mayor Pete is, like, there's nothing wrong with you want to be the, like, straight-laced, button-up, like, that's fucking policy is, wonk. Yeah. Like, that's who you are. Be you. But you can't be president. <laughs> like, you're not going to relate to common people. Yeah. Like, just do be the mayor of South Bend. Yeah. Like, you just have to accept that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to no. be the fucking boring it ass, like... It also sucks that, like, he has to... Because he's the gay candidate. Uh-huh. Suddenly, like, people were like, you're not gay enough. Right. Which is, yeah, like, yeah. such a fucked up thing to totally. say to someone. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. that's just who he is. He doesn't have to, like... Keeping with our theme, camp it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because like, they're trying to court the gay vote now. Yeah, it's like, also insulting. It's like somebody's idea of what gay men right, should be right, into. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just like I, you know, you want to be the the numbers guy, the policy wonk. It's like okay, fine, but like you just have to. There's trade offs, and you just have to accept that like you're not gonna you're not gonna relate to a lot yeah. of these people. Also, have a fucking opinion on abortion, you yeah. asshole. Like especially that. now with Georgia and Alabama and all this bullshit happening, mm-hmm. it's gonna go to the Supreme Court. Have a fucking opinion about yeah. it if you're trying to get the Democratic nominee. Totally. Anybody who is not aggressively pro choice mm-hmm. does not get the nominee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should not get the nominee. So because we're going long, let's just do one more good news story. Let's do it. This made me giggle. Remember how there was a GoFundMe page to build the wall? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you mean uh, a fucking scam artist got yeah. a bunch of people to donate millions of dollars uh, to a I random... I think you indiv- mean Joshua Green. That is his name. His birth Christian name, Eric. He's a Trump supporter. He raised more than $20 million. Um, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. that was It was organized by uh, Brian Colfage. Oh yeah, 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 Brian. Yeah, that's the name yes. I'm familiar with. Yes, yes, yes. The uh, the uh, double amputee quadruple. I, I don't remember. Triple, triple amputee. Triple amputee veteran. You know all that stuff. Yeah, and the nonprofit was called We Build the Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, months later, there's no evidence that any construction has started, despite claims from Cole Fag and his allies that construction would start in April. And now. Green is wondering, this Joshua Green, who was a donor, uh-huh. is wondering whatever happened to that wall he was promised. Oh, I wonder what happened. It couldn't possibly be that this oh, fucking no. guy's a scam artist and took $20 million. Oh, no. Where'd that money go? Um, so. So much of. I don't know if he personally pocketed all this money, but so much. Where'd of, it go? So much of philanthropy is an absolute scam. Oh, it's yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's not obviously uh, isolated to the right. Either. No, no. Yeah. It's so much. Of, I mean, the, a lot of it's on the left. Like, so much of it is, like, because here's what happens. They're like, okay, we're going to start an organization to do this philanthropy, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to, you know, start this organization, blah, blah, blah. You donate us money. It's like, okay, well, now we have to pay everybody that works here. And, and I have all to pay stuff. myself. Of course. Ob- obviously. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> I, I can't so do all this work. work. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, okay. So, so like 400 
thousand? Uh-huh. Does that seem yeah, fair? Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's like good. we yeah. donated like so yeah, all these organizations are like, Well yeah, of course I have to pay myself and like I mean I'm doing a lot of work, so I deserve like, you know, a raise and all this stuff. I have to travel like, so much. Uh-huh. I should I should probably have a private jet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so sh- I can't <laughs> fly economy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh and then like yeah, so at the end of the day it's like you don't like they get like, you know, t- let's say ten million dollars in donations and like maybe a million of that gets donated or put to f- yeah. know, philanthropic use. Like, here's uh, something. Stop giving money to the Red Cross. <laughs> Just stop. Uh, they're, they're one of the most overfunded organizations in the world. If you talk to survivors of natural disasters, they very rarely encounter Red Cross yeah. employees. Mm-hmm. And Red Cross always um, raises money around natural disasters, yeah, yeah. like uh, like um, uh, Hurricane Sandy, yeah, yeah, Superstorm yeah. Sandy. They raised a huge amount of money Talk to people who actually lived through that storm. No Nobody. one saw the Red Cross nope. on the ground in New York City. They mm. were nowhere to be found. They just raised money off of it, increased executive salaries, and yeah. it's a fucking scam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my, my uh, you know, a big one that came out a couple of years ago that still doesn't get a lot of press is uh, that the Wounded Warriors Foundation, <laughs> which is supposed to like help like people coming back from war. It was like a big, like right wing, like popular charity and stuff like that. It was just big. It was like basically a scam. Yeah. Like they yeah. found out it was like extre- like occasionally they'll organize like a marathon or something, and it's like it's a scam. It's like all these yeah. people can make money. I mean, usually you're so much better off giving to charity like small charities in your local communities yes. because they're not paying themselves lavish salaries. Most of them genuinely mean well. Not to say that Red Cross um, volunteers don't mean well. Like I'm sure 99% of the people who volunteer for the Red Cross are very well-meaning people. Of course. It's just that they have this fucked structure where the executives who are at the Red Cross absorb so much of the money. It all getting. goes to administration. Yeah. There are ways to find out through like regulatory agencies and because like if you're a nonprofit, you have to submit financial stuff. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work, but there are ways to like look up and see how much uh, an organization is actually donating versus how much is administration and stuff like that. And it's uh tough. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric, E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Anything to plug? Uh, oh, I guess. Uh, we have a show next week. Yeah. So <laughs> once again, Trash, our yeah, improv team, has mm-hmm. a very cool uh, lineup for our monthly show, May 17th at Under St. Mark's Theater in New York City. New York City. Uh, doors open at 10. Yeah. Shows at uh, this week we have um, Ziwei, who is yes. a writer uh, for um, a very funny show. Uh, I do not remember. Marco, uh, God, I always forget the name of it or the order of the name mm-hmm. names. Um, it is uh, and you could be vamping right now. Oh, I do, I'm trying to. Th- I don't even know. Here's how bad this is. I don't actually know the lineup of our show. Uh, so I knew yeah. Zero was doing it. Uh, um, oh yeah, that was it. Um, no, no, no. God, fuck. Jesus and Marrow. Josh Gondelman writes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus and Marrow. Yeah. They are doing such a good job of. Uh, they. It's so smart. It's like what um, Colbert was really good at. Or right. Not, uh, not Colbert. Um, <laughs> John Oliver. John Oliver's show. Sure, sure. The sure, other sure. white dude. Yeah. Um, where they like 
are putting up these online clips that are going viral yeah, every single a, yeah, show. Yeah, that's a great idea. So yeah. check out Jesus so and Mero, uh, and Z-Way is a, a writer for yeah. that show, and Very she's also cool. really, really funny. She's on, uh, she has a bunch of followers on Twitter, uh-huh. but she's going to be at the show, and then a bunch great. of really funny improvisers. We have a lot of cool improv teams. It's a great show. It it's is a, a great time. show. We've been selling out. Um, uh, very famous comedians have done it. Aparna, yeah. um, Josh Gondelman, it's Jenna Friedman really from the Daily Show. Yeah. yeah, and we have a great time and we hang out. We talk to you and it's fun. Yeah. So come to that and yeah, follow us on social meds. That's what I call social media now. Nice. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Check us out. Go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button uh, to keep us going. I have a Patreon, like I said, with a bonus episode up there that you can listen to for as little as a dollar a month. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to have more bonus episodes, too. Charles and I need to talk about Endgame. Uh-oh. We just can't get our shit together to record an episode, yeah. but it will happen. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. 